I just want to start out, let you guys know we got a P.O. box and we receive testimonies. And let me tell you, it's one of the greatest blessings I get in my lifetime as a minister, doing this thing, pouring their heart out every day 100%. When people tell me they get off of meth or heroin or crack or drugs and alcohol by the gospel that we preach every day. Depression, anxiety, religion. I haven't heard that one. There was a girl who said that she had tons of anxiety and then she started watching Joel's bars and it like disappeared. Yeah, I'm not going after the little things. I'm going after like the drug culture, the whole drug epidemic. I know it's cool. You, you know, you got your little lukewarm stuff you're dealing with too. But I like to go after the cold. And this meth head sent me a a, a letter in the mail from Texas, <laughs> and it blessed my heart. At first, I was like, Oh, come on, no donation. You know, you spend thousands on meth, and you can't give. Red Letter Ministries a dollar, but then I got over it real quick and I read the letter and I just melted because she came out of so much meth and she had a list of all of her friends that are still on meth for me to pray for. And oh my God, I just like, oh God, get Texas. There's so much meth in Texas. There's so much meth in uh, New Mexico and Arizona and California because that border all the meth labs are in Mexico and they just shoot it in cannons right over that the border wall and there's just literally infinite methamphetamines flooding through our southern border and that's why that meth epidemic is the worst in the country by far down there all oh, that southern border so we're getting them you guys this gospel delivers drug addicts it delivered me I mean my god he met me with lightning October of 99 I was so strung out on drugs. I'd literally done as much drugs as I could possibly get my hands on from about 13 years old to 18 years old. With maybe just a short couple breaks, just experimenting in academics. I actually took drugs off one semester and went after academics and got a 4.0 letterman's jacket. And then I realized, nah, nothing there in academics. I went back to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> True story. So I got a 4.0 little genie on my letterman's jacket. And we tried everything just to see what's here. What is this all about? What's the meaning of life? And it turns out it's Jesus Christ and it's the river of life and it's not religious at all. And drugs are just a distraction, a counterfeit pleasure of the pleasures of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he met me with so much lightning in the intake room that I was more high. I was more drunk than in all the drugs I'd ever done in my life and I'd done as much drugs that I could get my hands on every day from 13 to 18 with only just a couple small breaks and that moment that I met Jesus Christ I was so supremely intoxicated that I was almost in shock and bewilderment like shell shock like uh, I was speechless and I couldn't believe that my whole life had been a total lie. I mean like all of the pain and suffering and all of the heartache and all just the stuff that comes with living in drug culture. I mean it's, you get your highs but you also have so many lows and I was just like really? It's Jesus? Because I had no clue. My only exposure to Christianity as a kid would have been going to Catholic school at St. Charles Borromeo for seven years and to Tino Grace for a quarter in Minneapolis here and 
I thought that was Christianity. I'd never heard of tongues, I'd never seen a miracle. It was just total secular, flesh, carnal, dog, eat dog, you know, planet of the apes. <laughs> you know, it was just so crazy. And it turns out Jesus is real. I had no idea. And it wasn't anyone's preaching or teaching that convinced me. It was lightning. It was lightning and thunder. And it was just God putting me in a state of paralysis where I couldn't move. And I felt an eggshell break over my soul. And it was so bright sitting in the chapel chair that I couldn't open my eyes. It was too bright. Four pastors carried me hand and foot, October 15, 1999, into Brother Earl Gilchrist's office, and the four pastors drove demons out of me for who knows how long. And all this stuff was coming out of me, and I've, as they were coming out of me, I was seeing all the visions of where the demons had, had been. I saw visions of ancient Mesopotamia and chariots and the, what the demons had done in the earth. It was so crazy, and I went through deliverance of them casting demons out of me up to two hours a day, every other day, for three months. It's crazy stuff. They'd be holding me down every night. They'd be just ready until I went to sleep, and when I went to sleep, the devil would take over my body, and they'd hold me down, and I wouldn't remember the next morning. And then I got all cleaned out, cleared out, and three months into the program, right downtown here and God just used Earl Gilchrist and Rich Sherber in the very beginning days of Minnesota Teen Challenge and I'm just laying there there's nobody in my room because the Holy Spirit's a jealous God he doesn't want any man to get credit most of these people are freaking Pharisees anyway and it's it was just all of the sovereignty of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost started coming in waves through my feet through my body and through my head and I got sovereignly baptized and the Holy Spirit began speaking in tongues <laughs> my faith jumped tenfold even after all that three months of deliverance demons were still telling me it's a cult it's a cult it's a lie you know leave this place leave this place leave this place and I was still getting bombed with lies but after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence and speaking in tongues BAM it was game over I mean I never literally I haven't been depressed since that moment, I haven't been, you know, like, oh, the demons are lying to me that this Holy Spirit stuff is, all of it's just gone, just obliterated, massacred. <laughs> it has been so easy. We've been through hell in the persecution going through Christianity and cleaning out all the swamp creatures of Egypt and Sodom of religion and rebellion in the Christian church 18 years doing this gospel. I mean, it, it's, we've never had an easy day, but it's been easy yielding and leaning on the Holy Spirit in our hearts and minds, baptized in the Holy Ghost in fire. Because the Holy Ghost comes in like a flood and deals with Satan and his angels around our heads in the air, the prince of the power of the air, roaming around like a lion seeking he, who he can destroy. And just flooded it. I don't even know why I'm telling my testimony. Somebody need to hear that. The main thing I wanted to talk to you about is if you write us, because those testimonies bless us so much and we pray for you guys. I'll send you a fridge magnet for free. This Jehovah Wanna High on Jesus fridge magnet. It'll mess you up. 
And maybe, you know, after you're delivered enough from religion and rebellion and you knock off all of your satanic activity and just get pickled in the river of life, going from glory to glory, you can take it off your fridge and put it on your neighbor's fridge and deliver them from the devil. Wouldn't that be something? And it spreads in all directions in a domino effect, the drunken glory revival. It's simply the river of life. We call it drunken glory because it's the covenant that inebriateth us. It's the covenant of the new wine. It's called the Holy Spirit. You know, when you're really in the spirit of Jesus, you're in the cup of His blood. Drink it, all of you. You're commanded to drink the covenant. All this thinking of the covenant is satanic, Luciferian religious activity, and that's why they're so demon-possessed. They're severely demon-possessed. I deal with it every day. You know, these brood of vipers that come to the river, you know, and judge and critique our freedom and spy on our freedom. They're a brood of vipers. They're whitewashed tombs. They're full of secret sin. I've seen thousands of them, probably millions. And they come and they just judge and they bite and they hiss and they attack the glory of God. They attack the freedom of God. They attack the true Holy Spirit Christians. They attack the holy people. They always trample the holy place underfoot as it's written in the book of Revelation. We don't get trampled anymore. You know, I don't... People, like, would even question me. Like, really? You're not just going to take it? You know, you're not going to just be nice to them like all the fake pastors I've dealt with in my life that just were just nice people but didn't know how to minister the glory of God and the wine of God and the sword of the Spirit wearing the full armor of God? You know, we don't take crap from demon-possessed hypocrites. You know, I know that shocks people, but we don't. Zero tolerance for nonsense. These are demon-possessed, anti-Christ Christians that come in and spy on your freedom. They're a brood of vipers, the Bible calls them. They're evil men and evil women. They come in and they don't care about your spirit. They don't care about your transformation. They just want to control you and restrict you. They're literally the sons and daughters of Satan, the religious people. They're the citizens of Egypt that love Egypt. And Egypt is the spiritual place of all religion, as it's written in the book of Revelation. They don't care about the truth either. They don't care about the truth. You can't argue with them. You can't debate with them. You can't convince them with doctrine. All they care about is their faithfulness and their loyalty to the throne of Satan, who is Pharaoh over Egypt, which is religious Christianity, as it's written in the book of Revelation. They are loyal and faithful sons and daughters of Satan. They're a brood of vipers. That's what John the Baptist called them when he was in the river. How will you escape going to hell, he said to them. And he said, you can escape going to hell if you join me in the river. But they wouldn't, and so they all went to hell. Jesus Christ later in the book of Matthew says, you're going to go to hell. And he judged them and he condemned them, and they all went to hell. These are the religious Pharisees. These are the seed of the Pharisees. These are the brood of vipers. They're the most evil, wicked people you tolerate in your Christian lives. And everyone thinks like, well, we just have to tolerate because Betty and Jimmy over here are kind of religious and they struggle with the Jezebel spirit of religion. And Jezebel is the principality of sorcery or religion. You read about Jezebel and Elijah in Kings? Jezebel, there's no sexual morality there. This Jezebel stuff that you think Jezebel is lust is nonsense. Read about Jezebel and Elijah. Jezebel is the principality of religion. The sorceress Jezebel. It's all about religion. It's all about control. 
It's all about fear. It's all about intimidation. Intimidating you with New Testament dead letters to kill you and suck you dry of your life and your joy. They're everywhere. There's millions of these Jezebel Christians everywhere. They're religious Pharisees. They're sons and daughters of Satan, and they love their father, Pharaoh. They love their father, the devil. These are faithful sons and daughters to the devil. And they think the devil is Jesus. They always call the devil Jesus Christ. I remember when I was in Bible college, and I went into an open vision, and I saw all my brothers and sisters in chapel worshiping Jezebel. And they had chains coming up to them to this big principality that sat on a black throne and there was chains down into all their brains. And he showed me and the Holy Spirit's like, this is what they're into here. You know, and that's, that's why they persecute righteousness and there's this cap of doctrines and demons and it's just nonsense because they're still under the authority of the principality of religion. And you got to break free from those chains. And that's what we're good at here at Red Letter Ministries. We can set you free from anything. We go after all the devils and demons in the whole world every day professionally trained like dread champions. And we're not intimidated by anyone's wickedness. I deal with sorcerers that are so well trained that they are really, really, really powerful. They're more powerful than almost any prophet I've met. And they can read your mail. They can tell you all the details specifically of your past. They can bring up anything they need to to restrict you and control you and put you back into the flesh where they can control you. I've dealt with them my whole life. There's sorcerers everywhere in the USA. They're called Freemasons, I tell you the truth. And some of them are real. Some of them are fake, just like in Christianity. Some of them are real Christians and some of them are fake Christians. It's all about faith. People have faith in Lucifer and some people have faith in Jesus. I just chose Jesus, or actually He chose me. It turns out He's much more powerful than Lucifer. I had no idea. It's all His deal, not mine. I didn't know. You know, I'm not religious. I mean, we're literally the kind of Christians that can say, you know, try to find spot or wrinkle on my garments, you know. I've been in the marriage supper feasting every day for years and years and years. You know, I mean, like, you feast so much on His flesh and blood, it's like, try to find a spot, find a wrinkle. You know, we'll give you some some stuff that you could judge me in an unrighteous judgment so you could judge God the Father's freedom through the sons of God so they can expose your religiosity and that's a great service of the prophets being so wild and crazy to help you get set free from the brain boxes of religion that kills and steals and destroys like every family in the USA every day. We do some wild and crazy stuff but that's only so you can get set free from religion. Every prophet in the Bible did wild and crazy stuff. Ezekiel cooked his food on cow crap. Isaiah walked around Israel naked for six months. Jeremiah wore an, wore an ox yoke. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Of just the wild and crazy antics of the prophets who are always trying to get God's covenant people out of the flesh and in their spirit. Out of their carnal minds and into the renewed minds, into the mind of Christ. Be spiritually minded. Don't be locked up in little prison systems by demons in your carnal minds. you got to stay in the river of life. Everything outside the river of life is death and strife. It's true. And inside the river of life, we go deeper daily is ever-increasing glory. The true path of righteousness. The true path of holiness. The true way of the Lord. The way of the Master. 
This is the path Jesus Christ walked 100%. And we walk it every day, 18 years, 100%. And we're made perfect by what we suffer. Not that there's anything perfect in us. It's the Lord in us, the hope of all glorious things. Amen? Our crown of glory is Jesus Christ resting on our heads, the crown of glory. Our crown of righteousness is Jesus Christ resting on our minds, our crown of righteousness. Our crown of life, our eternal life, our immortal life, our Zoe life is the crown of life. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life resting on our heads. So you can take your yarmulkes and your burkas off. You can take your religion off. You can take your crown of thorns off. You can take all your head coverings off. Spiritual head coverings. You can take all the coverings of flesh off your heads and wear the crown of life today. It's a gift of salvation. It's a gift by grace because He loves you. Because He loves you, He shares His kingdom with you. And it's a kingdom of freedom and it's a kingdom of abundant life. There's not a drop of religion in the kingdom, friends. I know you've been taught a lot of kingdom in your churches, but that's not kingdom. Kingdom begins with the first steps outside the four walls of the church. We will drown all human systems as Joel's army. We will have a new heavens. We will have a new earth where righteousness dwells. And you're going to be led by little children. Isaiah, it is written, they shall be led by a little child. They'll be led by the Messiah. He's a young man. He's still 33 years old. He's a young man. The book of Revelation calls him a young lamb, a ewe lamb. It's not this old adult stuff that you think of in false Christianity with the gray hair and the gray beards and you're old and so you must be wise. It's the exact opposite in the kingdom. God the Father looks like a teenager. It's true. Like a teenager. Like Eternal youth is called the Father. Seven spirits of God through your mind. This growing old stuff is the most satanic stuff I've ever seen. Jesus didn't grow old. He stopped aging at 33. Are we His body? We are. If we obey His Word, if we obey and follow His Spirit, then we stay inside His body. But a lot of people want to do their own thing, so they actually leave the body of the anointing of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of the Holy Spirit. And they go outside the river of His body and they go out and do their own stuff in Christian religion and got all that secret sin and the city of Sodom, which is the city of all lust of the flesh and all the lust of the eyes, the city of the golden calf and the city of Pharaoh and all of Egypt and all the pyramids of human systems. And they go out there and they do all this stuff and then they get angry at God because they don't get blessed for doing it and they don't get healed and they just get discouraged like the older prodigal son of Luke 15. He'd done everything right according to the flesh and didn't even have a goat to have fun with his friends. You didn't even give me a goat, Dad. (laughs) So uh, he was pissed. He's freaking out in the Bible. You give this prodigal that spent millions of dollars in Vegas on prostitutes and crack cocaine in a hotel room in there for years, and after he was done spending all of it on gold, glamour, and girls, and drugs, and alcohol, you just forgive him and let him come into the kingdom and you slaughter a fattened calf for him? 
You slaughtered his lust for him? You just forgave him? Forgiveness is unknown in the religious system of the goat head. The blood is always trampled underfoot in Christian religion. They always try to pay penance for their wrongdoing. That's the spirit of Lucifer. That's the fallen angels, the dragon's tail. Always beating you people up, making you feel condemned. I've heard people get condemned of stuff they did in kindergarten, like stealing a pencil or an eraser. And these are goody-two-shoe Christian kids. The demons still use that stuff from school that is so nonsensical to accuse them and condemn them. And I know it's real to you. The demons will use anything to curse you and condemn you and make you feel icky. When you come out of that whole system of Egypt and Pharaoh and get into the river of life, you never feel condemned or icky again. You'll feel good and glorified and happy and blessed. Your cup will overflow all the time. And I don't care if you, you know, are into gangbanging, you know, and you have a terrible background. Or if you are just a normal person and just struggle with being a religious Pharisee and you're just always judging after the flesh. I mean, God doesn't see things the way we see things as humans. God is not a human being, it is written. God is an immortal spirit. God is a life-giving spirit. It is written. God is spirit. Those that worship Him have to be in the Holy Spirit. They have to be in the river of life. Otherwise, you're going to be judging everyone after the flesh. Be all this accuser of the brethren stuff everywhere. Always comparing envy, strife. You know, oh God, I'm so jealous of Brother Bob's hot rod. You know, he's the envy of all of the monks in the abbey. Look at them flying through the heavens in a chariot of fire. You know, always jealous of one another. You know, Joseph of Cupertino, stop flying around in the heavens. You know, you're making us look bad. You know, stop being drunk and happy all the time. You're making us miserable wretches look bad like we're not even serving the correct Jesus at all in our foreheads. You know, you're exposing all of our religious works as dead works. The glory of God on purpose removes all of the darkness from the whole world now. We wear the crown of glory. The chief shepherd has already appeared to me. I'm a temple of the chief shepherd. The seven spirits of God are my heart. The seven spirits of God are my mind. It's called the roots of David and the bright morning star. God the Father has been 100% with us for 2,000 years since Pentecost. problem is, is we've been so freaking religious. We've been killing our bodies, practicing religion, even charismatic religion, even charismatic church religion, which is one of the most deceptive evils of our generation. And I, Because it's like, well, there's all this good stuff in here. You know, it's got the whole Bible, and I'm shandaravakarandere, blessed. And it's just like, they're still sick. And they're still broke, and they're still going after money, and there's still works. Let's, let's, how many treasure hunters did you give out today, and how many prophecies, and how many works did you do? And they're still judging after the flesh. There's no security in the throne of grace and the finished works. There is a lot of room for improvement, you guys. And even the greatest charismatic people in America, I'm telling you, or like the Joshua and Caleb Spide Company, I tell you the truth, that's the destiny scroll on my life. We've gone ahead into the promised land, spied it out, and be like, Ooh, I see a new heavens, I see a new earth, I see the whole universe drowned in the glory. And the glory is not this outside thing. <laughs> the glory is John 7:38, proceeding from inside your hearts. 
You're changed and transformed believing in Jesus Christ, your faith-filled hearts. And then, boom, it just flows up out of your head, and through your mind, the gate of glory precedes the river of life. As much as you have faith for, as much as your mind believes with Jesus in your heart, is how much glory you'll release. Well, and you believe everything, and you agree with everything of the King of Glory on the throne of grace, then you have the seven spirits of God blazing through your mental ray, which is the total transfiguration and glorification of your souls. That is the crown of glory. That is the eternal crown of glory from the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, written on our foreheads. And I wear it. And I want millions of people to wear it with me because that's how we take over the world. That's how the holy people inherit the kingdom. That's how we drown the USA. That's how we remove the, all the drug epidemic. That's how we heal the nations. That's how we heal every sickness and every disease. That's how His kingdom comes and His will is done on earth as it is in heaven. It's all about the transfiguration of the renewing of our minds. Christ in us, the hope of all glorious things, being the temples of the Holy Spirit. Who is this Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the seven spirits of God through our hearts, the roots of David, and through our minds, the bright morning star. That's who the Holy Spirit is. It's time to know your Heavenly Father as the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Support this ministry. We're doing tremendous works here worldwide. Broadcasting expenses, paying thousands of dollars in bills, doing this fiber optic, tons of studio equipment, upgrading everything all the time. We could really use your Promised Land partnership. It's huge, you guys. When you support this ministry, you change the world. Seriously, ask the Holy Spirit how you can donate and help us. Redlettermen.com. Be blessed. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.